Experts define a, a reflex as an involuntary or automatic action that your body does in response to some stimulus. When a doctor taps your knee, you don't decide to kick your leg, it just kicks. And reflexes can be very helpful. They often protect us from harm. If you put your hand on a hot stove, a reflex causes you to remove your hand immediately. We blink when something flies towards our eyes. We raise our arms if a ball is thrown our way. Even coughing and sneezing are reflexes. They clear the airways of irritating things. But not all our reflex responses are helpful. When someone attacks us, we naturally want to fight back. When we are slandered, our knee-jerk reaction is to fight fire with fire, retaliating on social media or to our friends and colleagues. But while we can't stop our bodies from involuntarily responding to certain physical stimuli, I wonder if we can stop ourselves from immediately retaliating when someone wounds our souls by attacking our character or reputation. Let's listen in on Kent Edwards, Nathan Norman, and Vicki Hitzkiss as they look and try to learn how to suppress our standard reflex response of attacking those who attack us from King David in Psalm 5. Welcome to Crosstalk, a Christian podcast whose goal is for us to encourage each other to not only increase our knowledge of the Bible, but to take the next step beyond information into transformation. Our goal is to bring the Bible to life, into all our lives. I'm Brian French. Today, Dr. Kent Edwards, Vicki Hitzkiss, and Nathan Norman continue their discussion through the Psalms. And if you have a Bible handy, turn to Psalm 5 as we join their discussion. As we record this podcast in the late summer of 2023, we're in the midst of a pop culture phenomenon, aren't we? Oh my goodness, that Taylor Swift tour. <laughs> it's incredible, right? Because I've lived on the East Coast, the West Coast, Midwest, I'm back in New York now, and there has not been a time where my Instagram feed is not filled with concert going from Taylor Swift all the time. <laughs> all my friends are going from somewhere. <laughs> Is that right? All your friends are going? Oh yeah, it's incredible. I like I there does not go a week by where I don't see a Taylor Swift concert going post I, from someone. I don't someone. follow Taylor Swift, but I think she's darling. Didn't she crash the internet? Yeah. Wasn't that a big deal with Ticketmaster? Yeah. In fact, it's interesting when the tour was announced, Ticketmaster sold over 2 million tickets in one day. Wow. wow. That's the wow. most ever tickets sold for mm. concerts in a single day and it did crash the servers. Uh, she was apologizing to her fans and so on because there were so many people wanted to buy her tickets. Now, she, she is a phenomenon and, you know, I'm not a Swifty, but uh, I looked up on the internet and was astounded by what I found about this tour that she's on now. In her opening night in Glendale, Arizona, she had 69,000 fans in attendance. Wow. That's the biggest crowd that any female artist has ever had in the U.S., She's the only act with nine albums simultaneously on the, in the top 50. The Beatles haven't done that. No. Wow. She is expecting to gross in North America alone $2.2 billion on this, on this tour. Wow. wow. Billion with a B. B. Right. And the uh. total spending on her tour by people attending is expected to exceed $5 billion. Wow. 
that that's larger than the gross domestic product of 50 countries. Wow! <laughs> wow! Oh. I read she decided to to give a bonus to her roadies of a hundred thousand dollars a piece. Wow! Yeah, like this is man. That's just like this is taking them out for Big Macs for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess my question is, why is she so wildly popular? I mean, got it. She has sings catchy songs, and um, she's good looking, and she puts on a great show. But, but lots of people do that. What? What is it about her that has caught on with so many people? I don't know that much about Taylor Swift. She writes, I know this, about past breakups. I would, If I were a guy, I would think twice before I dated her unless I knew I was <laughs> going to spend my life with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she's famous for vengeful songs. Oh, they're vengeful. Oh, Oh, she just goes at people. In fact, I go one step further. I would never choose to date Taylor Swift because I know it's going to be a breakup. Just, <laughs> I, I, she's just looking for more material. She's looking for more material. <laughs> In fact, Nathan, you had a story about a friend of yours that had this temptation, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I wasn't planning on going on about this. I, I knew someone who went on a series of dates with her. and uh, With Taylor Swift? Yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and this young man's father and others of us said, you be careful and you watch it because you're going to end up in a song otherwise. Did he? He didn't end up in a song, but he did end up in a lot of internet memes and uh, and some broadcast uh, broadcast moments that happened over and over again. Wow. That's as deep as I want to go. Okay, okay. Well, I will say that as I scoured the internet, people recommended her top five vengeful songs. The first one was uh, Picture to Burn. Apparently, she broke up with a high school uh, boyfriend who dumped her, so who she sang about burning his picture. Better Than Revenge, another song she wrote. You can figure that out about a failed relationship. Uh, Dear John, ooh, John Meyer, the performer, uh, she broke up with him and she just roasted him. <laughs> bad Blood, uh, I don't know who it was, but someone betrayed her. And so she's just bad blood. She's, or mean, where she just says, all you are is mean, a liar and pathetic and alone in life. <laughs> Those are her lyrics. Uh, and, and this resonates with people. I mean, right. yes, they're catchy tunes, but people love to sing those songs. They're, they put herself in her, her actions become part of their their desires. Uh, she, they want to roast someone. There's deep seated <laughs> need for revenge. Revenge is an act of hurting someone in retaliation for a bad act. And I got to tell you, it's more than just Taylor Swift. It is this. Revenge theme is the core of countless songs, plays, movies, and TV shows because it is an instinctive human reflex to injury. And I think that's what David is wrestling with in Psalm 5. He's wrestling with the issue of revenge. This psalm is actually a prayer set to music. And I think the context of David's struggle is hinted at in verse 7. Let's jump into the middle of this psalm. 
and uh, and see what the context is, why he wrote this. Let's see how he does compared to Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> he says, but I, by your great love, can come into your house in reverence. I bow down towards your holy temple. Okay. So far, Taylor's got him. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just helping us understand, I think, the broader context, because it hints that David was not in the temple when he writes this psalm. He says, I can come into your house, but he hasn't come into God's house. In reverence, I bow down toward your holy temple. I am not in the temple. So where was the temple? At this point, it is the tabernacle. So it's like the portable tent. Uh, it originally was in Shiloh in his lifetime, and he had it brought up to Jerusalem. Right. So that means where was David? Not in Jerusalem. Not in Jerusalem. Okay. So now I'm beginning to wonder, why was he not in Jerusalem? This is his, t this is his city. So what does this tell us about the context of when this psalm was probably written? Well, it means it was either written before he came into kingship, uh, but the context doesn't really lend towards that, or while he was still on the run from Absalom. Hmm. His uh, son had uh, usurped his throne and essentially chased him out of Jerusalem. Yeah. So he has been betrayed. We've talked about this before. Betrayed by his own son, betrayed by some of his uh, most trusted counselors, betrayed by a large part of his army. Um he is, uh, he's been totally betrayed. And what kind of distress would keep him from the temple? Well, what does it say in uh, verses five and six? It says, you hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful, you Lord detest. Okay, well now he's coming closer to Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now he's describing these kinds of people. They are people who tell lies. They are bloodthirsty. They are deceitful. And Taylor Swift's songs come out of the hurtful episodes of her life. But the hurtful episode of David's life, I think, is a rebellion of Absalom here. And what does David do in the middle of these hurtful, hurtful times? What does he do in verses 1 to 3? Well, he, tur he turns to the Lord. And if you're a strong Christian, you do that. And sometimes if you're not a strong Christian, but you know the Lord and you've been away, when mm -hmm. you're really hurting, you turn back to the Lord. Here's what David said. He said, listen to my words, Lord, consider my lament, hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Hmm. So David is feeling hurt as anyone would. People have treated him wrongly. But who does he talk to? He's talking to the Lord. Yeah. Hmm. And who is he not talking to? Absalom and others around him, those fleeing with him. And what is David asking for? It says in verse 8, he says, Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues, they tell lies. Oof. Oof. Yeah, that image, their throat is an open grave. Every time they talk, it is death, 
Right. Yeah. And and I, I'm reading this too, and it's reminded his his closest advisor had betrayed him. So his the wisdom of man has left him. The only wisdom he can rely on is God. And so he's saying, Lead me, make your way straight before me. Show me the way to go. I don't know. My advisor bailed on me. The the advisors I have less, they're they're the uh they're the B squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, notice lead me lord he says in your righteousness i need your righteousness in this situation make your way straight before me straighten me in the midst of this environment that i find myself in uh, on our own uh, he knows how he would want to respond like all of us would want to respond he would want a taylor swift response he says god Lead me in your righteousness. David wants God's righteousness because he knows his righteousness is not good enough. He wants God to make him straight because he knows, and Vicki, as your father, Haddon Robinson, said so often, he suffered from a curvature of the soul. Mm. He was bent. He's been twisted by sin. And his human nature wants to rebel but he doesn't want to do that. He wants God's righteousness. David reminds himself about two basic truths about God. First, God hates sin. He does that in the psalm, doesn't he? Yeah, it says, The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful, you, Lord, detest. Yeah, and he knows something else. He knows not only does God hate sin, but God blesses the righteous, right? Back up to what he just said. How does he know that? And is that always true, that God destroys those who tell lies? Mm-hmm. That that's the pattern of their life, that God destroys them? And is he talking about eventually or, or in life? Yeah. Well, I think God always punishes the wicked. That's a, hmm. we know that. We don't know when, but we do know that that will happen. Um. Hmm. Because justice doesn't come on Tuesday morning doesn't mean it's not coming. <laughs> okay, got it. I agree with that. That would be nice if it was like, Tuesdays are judgment day here in the house of God. <laughs> Just, oh, that's, yeah. You can count on that. <laughs> okay, so, so God hates sin. He blesses the righteous. He blesses the righteous. He writes that in this, in this psalm, doesn't he? says, let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Yeah. Hmm. So, like us, David knows these truths in his head about God, that he hates sin and he blesses the righteous, but he comes to God in prayer in the morning, pouring out his soul for God's righteousness and internal righteousness, because although he knows these things are true about God, he's not seeing it at the moment. As he woke up in the morning, he says, I know this is true of you, but I still see this evil and I want to hurt those who are hurting me. There's a dark part of his soul that wants to write a Taylor Swift song, <laughs> <laughs> to lash out reflexively against his enemies. We see that in verse eight, don't we? He says, lead me, Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your way straight before me. That's his morning prayer. What? That's a great prayer. That's his prayer. I know these things are true, 
I'm not denying them, but Lord, I'm having difficulty in this situation, not striking out for revenge. I want your righteousness. I want you to make me straight. I can't help but be reminded of uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and Matthew chapter 5, because there Jesus explicitly states the importance of internal righteousness, the kind of thing that, that David's praying for. It's a big order. He says, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, and we're talking about the righteousness you see, mm -hmm. and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So that's what Jesus is saying. What David is praying for, we've got to have. We've got to have this internal righteousness. What does that look like? Well, Jesus gives some examples in Sermon Mount. He talks about murder, talks about the internal uh, understanding of adultery, divorce, and oaths. But in verse 38, he gets really pretty close to what David is wrestling with here, doesn't he? You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Wow, that's a big order. That's internal righteousness. That's going beyond saying, I'm not going to write a Taylor Swift song. That's saying, I want to love my enemies. That's what David is crying out for to God for. Lead me in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Look, why should we, like David, cry out to God for his Holy Spirit to so transform our hearts that we, like Jesus on the cross, could love our enemies? Well, what if we don't? What if we choose to give in to our sinful instincts? What if we choose to lash out at our enemies? Well, ultimately, you now put yourself in God's crosshairs, so to speak, right? Because you're taking vengeance into your own hands. And, and frankly, I mean, we don't know the end of all things. And so we choose to act in a way God hasn't called us to act. And so now he has to discipline us too. Or maybe he won't even discipline the other person now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely brutal. It's, it's a difficult decision to make. Mercy is something that God can work through. But if I choose vengeance instead, now, now I've just taken myself out of God's will. And I'm just another object for his justice to visit upon. I'm reminded of that famous quote by Nelson Mandela. Resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill our enemies. Yeah. When we lash out, when we become bitter, when we become arrogant and attacking, respond brutally to people's mistreatment of us, it begins to shape our character. Revenge changes us. It turns us into the kind of people that we don't want to be. We become like our enemies. We become those kind of people who attack viciously with our tongues. And it also endangers our future. Because when we lash out, when we decide to react instinctively, reflexively to the daggers of our enemies, that, uh, that could change our future. In Matthew chapter 6, 
Verse 14, Jesus is really clear, isn't he? He says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's, That's pretty, pretty sobering. strong. It's very sobering. We have no choice. To be forgiven, we must be forgiving. Look, we can't avoid it. As we go through life, like David, there's going to be times that are very difficult times where people slander us, when they attack us, and we want to respond with in kind. In those times, let's respond, Lord, lead me in your righteousness. Make your way straight in me. When we do that, tomorrow morning, you'll be pouring out your heart to the Lord, <laughs> not on the internet, and not even in a song. Let's wait for God's justice. Let's live life David's way so that we can enjoy God's protection and God's blessing. You will eventually, if it's not currently happening, find yourself under attack. How should you respond? Pray that God would lead your enemies to act righteously and pray that you can forgive your enemies. God will punish evildoers and he will reward the righteous. I trust that today's discussion of God's word has been helpful and served as an encouragement to not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Together, let's bring God's word to life, to our lives this week. The Crosstalk Podcast is a production of Crosstalk Global, equipping biblical communicators so every culture hears God's voice. To find out more, or to support the work of this ministry, please visit www.crosstalkglobal.org. You can also help support this show by sharing it on your social media and telling your friends. Tune in next Friday as we continue our discussion through the Psalms. Be sure to join us 